cat will be hiding under the bed or like the couch for like a few weeks but like yeah. slowly it'll come out and then they'll like sniff each other and then it you know so I yeah think it, it could work yeah oh, that'd be so exciting if we if I could get a dog with him because mm-hmm. he's a and they would look so cute moment. together yeah like, they would fluffy right? kitty and the husky yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see it This is Go From Here. My special guest today is Lucy from Purely Being. She is the visionary and creator of these guided meditations that are accessible to everyone and they're super relaxing. I've actually tried a couple and um, meditations always, it always makes me cry, (laughs) I think. And it's always, um, it's always such a release, but that's why I find meditation amazing because I believe that when I get into that state or that flow that's when my body allows me to know what I need at that moment which happens to be 99% of the time I'm going to cry (laughs) so I asked Lucy um, to come on the podcast so you guys can hear about why she decided to start it and why she loves meditation and why you guys might want to try it too. So welcome to the podcast, Lucy. Thank you for having me, Belle. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited. So my first question is, I mean, why, why, why start um, like this, this amazing amount of direction towards guiding people, well, guiding, no pun intended, guiding people towards meditation and, and allowing people to understand why it's helpful and, you know, like for mental health and everything, like why did you decide that this is something that you wanted to do as your purpose? Yeah, totally. It's actually like retrospectively, it seems like this really clear journey, but it felt really messy and beautiful along the way. Um, Uh, just getting into meditation, it was something my mom had started to do as a form of recovery from breast cancer. And so it was very normal for me to see her meditating in the mornings and the evenings. And I didn't even really think about it at all until one of my friends came over in high school and she's like, what is your mom doing? And, And can she teach us how to do this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so, you know, and, and she was, so she taught us, um, and it was the transcendental kind of meditation where you have a mantra and you just sit and you say your mantra oh, cool. and, and then just some evenings I'd be about to go to bed and then I would think I'm going to try that. And I just started to, to meditate. And at first it was just like, I feel nothing like this is kind of boring, but occasionally yeah. I'd get this like wave of feeling come over me and I just felt so peaceful. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, I think growing up a bit anxious, like kind of a worrier, overthinker, Mm -hmm. perfectionist. And so it was very much like the antidote to all that beingness that I was kind of had going on. And then of course I went into university right after that and, and it just became more and more necessary um, just to cope with life, I guess, as a sensitive soul. And so meditation has been a part of my life for 10 years now. Um, But I never thought like at the time, I was never thought I would teach this or I would share this. It was very much just like, I didn't even tell my friends, like I was embarrassed that I meditated um, for most of the the earlier years. Um, But then 
I remember I was on a trip once and I told one of my friends on the trip um, that I meditated and she said, oh, you need to teach meditation or you should make guided meditations. And I was like, whoa, 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 no, 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 <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but years later, I did my yoga teacher training and I got that feedback from all my peers there. Oh. Everyone was saying, oh, your voice sounds like butterflies or I just want you to keep talking. And, yeah. I, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe this is something that I could do. Yeah. Um, and even still, it was kind of accidental. And this whole time I'd been really kind of in anguish about like, what is my purpose? Who am I? So all those questions had been kind of ruminating. I really wanted to find that, that thing yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. kind of my gifts to share. Um, but I did have a YouTube channel at the time that I just shared kind of like spirituality, smoothie recipes and things like that. Right. And as a way to generate income, I created a Patreon and I thought, what can I offer on Patreon? And so that's where I created my first meditation. I thought, oh, I'll make monthly meditations for my Patreon supporters. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, and everyone just liked them so much. And I got a lot of feedback, like you should make these available for more people. Right. And yeah. And I didn't even mean to start a podcast either. I just, um, a lot of my listeners said, I'm always on Spotify. Could you put them on Spotify? Mm -hmm. And so I tried to put them on as songs, but you, you need, I'm pretty sure you need a recording label and it needs to be music to be oh. a song. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, a kind of a workaround is I could add it as a podcast and then people right. could listen on Spotify. And that was the rest is history, as they say, but it's been almost, well, it's actually two and a half years of creating a, a new meditation every week. Wow. And so, yeah. That's so cool. You, you mentioned yoga and that being mm -hmm. um, almost like a starting point for you to start your meditations. Did you find that yoga, um, like you practicing yoga kind of made you want more out of yoga? Because yoga is, um, at least for me, I, I find it less of a meditative state, more of like feeling your physical body and then exercising at the same time. And for me, meditation is very much just like listening to what your body wants you to listen to and you're very still. So is that why you kind of wanted to reach out for or reach towards more of the meditation part of yoga? Uh, exactly. And and funnily enough, when I was 14 in gym class, we had one class that was a yoga class. So it was my very first yoga class. And at the end, the teacher, I didn't know it was a meditation, but that's basically what she led us through. Like your body is like sinking into the floor. Yeah. And I just thought in that moment, I had never felt so good. I was like, what is this feeling? Yeah. I want to feel it all the time. And I even went to Google. I was like, I didn't know what to look up. I was like, really relaxing yoga, you know, or yeah. calming voice, but nothing, I couldn't find anything. Right. Um, but I did continue to do yoga. That's been a huge part of my life. And I think yoga is kind of one of those magical things. You just show up and you do it, but like yeah. all of a sudden you find yourself becoming a more peaceful person and yeah. kind of understanding that, yeah, it is all energy and it just kind of takes over in a way. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, yoga was definitely an entry point for my spiritual journey. It's a constant in my life now. Um, but I would agree. It's kind of, if anything, it's definitely a moving meditation, mm -hmm. but it's almost more of a preparation for the med meditative state, you know, right. like it gets you, it gets all that tight energy moving in the body. Right. 
And that kind of frenetic energy that's unbalanced or the circuits are moving in the wrong direction can kind of inhibit meditation sometimes. Okay. Um, that, like if you are feeling that you have a really busy mind and you just can't focus, it probably would be helpful to go for a run or to do some yoga and calming and aligning the body can be a gateway for a calm, aligned mind. Oh. Um, but I would say, yeah, meditation is definitely a space of kind of non-being, non-moving where, yeah, like you said, a lot of work takes place internally. A lot of insights bubble up. It's like, finally, your body can speak to you and tell you what it's been trying to tell you. Your soul can speak to you and give you the messages um, that you need to hear. And so I think they do go hand in hand, but yeah, meditation is, I just love meditation. <laughs> I love that you love meditation. I am. Um... It was interesting because you mentioned um, the energies that take place right before doing meditation. And I am, I, uh, I don't want to say suffer from anxiety, but I do have general anxiety disorder. And for me to meditate, it's, it, I have to be super cognizant of the fact that I have thoughts and that they're there. And then I, I need to practice just allowing them to kind of just be with me when I meditate. So I, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned moving before meditating. For a lot of people, that might sound kind of like the opposite idea right before you meditate, because you, I mean, a lot of people might think, well, I should be relaxed and calm. And why would you suggest movement before meditating? Yeah, I think, you know, it is because of the, the mind-body connection. We mm -hmm. hold a lot of our emotions in our body, even memories kind of and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so if the energy is not moving, like, so we kind of, we all have like an energy body with uh, nadis and currents that run through us, just like blood, it's just, but it's more like electromagnetic energy. Mm -hmm. And so that is much more related to your thoughts and emotions, how that moves and flows. Mm -hmm. And so the energy can become stuck and sticky. Mm -hmm. um, and you can liberate it through meditation by witnessing your body and witnessing those kind of areas of density or tight emotions. Um, so you can do kind of a somatic meditation to release that and create that free space where it just feels really easy to feel good. You know, that natural, like, I just feel good, um, is what is in a natural state of being, um, for the, for a human. It's only when we kind of add that distortion through worrying stress that we start to create, um, that tightness and it first happens in the energetic body and then you would experience in the physical body as symptoms eventually as illness um, and movement it just it gets the it gets the energy moving right. um, through those channels and so i know osho who is one of who's someone who very much inspires me he's passed on now um, but he created a specific meditation for westerners and it's an hour long and the first mm, I think the first 45 minutes are movement. Like he basically gets you to go crazy, like be an animal for the first 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And it's just to like, get out all that repressed energy when you held back your voice or, you know, didn't speak your truth or um, were kind of put down by others. You just like roar and crawl and move around. And then you're jumping up and down going like, ha, 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 ha <laughs> for another 15 minutes. It's pretty intense. Um, 
And then for after that, I think you're just still for 15 minutes and, um, and then sitting in stillness. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he argues it's, it's because of our Western lifestyles that we need that, that we can't just kind of like sit by the tree, by our house, by the stream and just enter that state of uh, oneness, you know, Um, we need a transition. And I wouldn't say that's like, as a rule, you always need to like go crazy for (laughs) an hour, but um, that could be helpful for some people who have maybe tried meditation and not had success with it to, to do it after yoga class in the Savasana phase if they say you know get up when you want to it might be nice to use five minutes there to practice meditation or if you do do some kind of aerobic activity like dancing even Mm -hmm. um after that as well um thank you that that's actually super helpful because like I said I I mean for me in the beginning I thought well now I have to you know calm my mind and make sure that everything's really quiet and that was the hardest thing for me to do because I had everything else on my mind right before meditating. Um, Could you explain a little bit more about what you talk about when you talk about energies? Yeah, of course. I think it's something that we're all inherently aware of, but it's not really taught. So we kind of like you know, when someone walks into a room and you just feel their, you feel their joy. And of course their body language is probably mirroring it too. So you're reading that as well, but it's just, it's an energy. And and then there's another, a friend comes in and they say they're fine, but you can feel they're not fine, you know? Um, So our, our aura, which is um, not really a woo woo thing. Like people used to think it's like, we literally have a a magnetic field around us, just like every every living thing does and even non-living objects um, around us. And that is bigger than our body. So you can kind of, it's merging with the other person you're connecting. And so the energy body in some senses is more you than the physical body. The physical body is actually an extension of the energy body. That's what's the energy behind it is what's kind of creating the cell um, division and restoration and all the little processes that are going on um, instigated by the subconscious mind. And so I think energy is almost like, um, like the sixth or seventh sense, you know, it's something you, you sense and you kind of know, Mm -hmm. and some people can see, you know, I have a friend who plays the piano and he has the kinesthesia or oh yeah yeah. he sees colors and shapes and when he makes the sounds and when people talk um and there's people who can see auras as well um so it's yeah it's pretty neat and I think um probably the best place to go if you're a little skeptical or if what I said is just confusing um to look up Dr. Joe Dispenza's work yes yeah, yes. and the HeartMath Institute, who he works closely with. Yeah. And even Dr. Bruce Lipton is another doctor, science, studying the power of belief to shape our actual biology, you know? Yeah. Like people can kind of um, change their mindset, change their energy, and all of a sudden the sickness has disappeared or, yeah. you know, like, yeah, all kinds of miraculous things are happening and cures and and just feeling better. So I would say definitely go to those two authors or, or get their free content on YouTube. There's so much um, out there. Design like a pro with Canva, a sleek user-friendly way to create amazing designs with no 
and we stress this, no design skills necessary. As designers, we are challenged to say the least. It's pretty rough when your vision of a clean, beautiful graphic turns into a wide-eyed stickman. But honestly, we design faster with smarter editing features and access to millions of premium images to bail us out of every situation we seem to be eternally in. Give it a try. Canva.com. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Thank you. I um, appreciate very much that you mentioned Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza, because I'm actually listening to one of his podcasts right now. Um, and it's blowing my mind. I mean, I have to keep re-listening to it because there's so much to understand. And then you think you understand it and then you kind of don't really. So then I have to constantly keep listening to it. But thank you for mentioning those two doctors. I'll make sure to link them. Um, I am very, very, very interested to ask you though, because you mentioned how, um, you know, when you, when, when someone comes into a room, you feel their energy. And then a lot of people don't connect that to feeling someone's energy. It's just kind of like, oh, like it's a vibe or um, there's something about that person. And, and no one necessarily, you know, like you said, it's kind of like woo woo juju stuff. Um, but I very strongly believe in that because I like to think of myself as an overly sensitive person. Um, so when you hopped on the call and your camera came on, even though you and I are apart, I felt how calm it might also be because your guided meditations are very calming, but you as a person was very calming when I saw you. So what would you like? How would you suggest meditations help when, for example, you and I are, are sensitive people and we feel those energies a lot. And a lot of the time, because of our Western culture, everyone's energy isn't necessarily calming or peaceful or in any sense of the word, really nice to feel. And I know guided meditations have helped me so much to, I won't say block out the negativity, but it's it's helped me to understand that my emotions are very different to the ones that I'm feeling outside of myself, probably. So is there anything that you would suggest or recommend or, or kind of explain to how guided meditations would help people that feel a lot of people's energies, but don't necessarily know that that's what they're feeling? Yeah, I, I would say that's um, meditation is probably the start of that just because of the cultivation of greater awareness. Like you, it's all about witnessing your thoughts, you know, a thought comes up and kind of the foundation foundational understanding of meditation is like, I am not my thoughts. Like there's, there's a witness seeing the thought and, you know, like a newborn baby doesn't have like all these thoughts. It's like programming and things people have said to you. And so a lot of it's just kind of parrot parroting and kind of what's in the ethers and where your mood is at is kind of what you have access to in terms of thoughts, even from your own memory bank and other people. Um, so I think with meditation, it just creates that little bit more space where you can watch what's happening rather than just kind of be sucked in the tornado of what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, Oh, you know, there's a tornado here. Okay. You know, I could, I could move away from it or I could find the eye of it or, um, and so I have to say, I still, it's something I still struggle with. You know, I, I don't go out like, um, I'm so sensitive to energy. I really go to places that feel good. I hang out with people that feel good. Um, yeah. But I think in situations where you are around someone else's energy, that's really heavy to you, you, you feel it and you acknowledge that it's theirs. Um, 
I think also for a sensitive person, understanding the projection, like the psychological concept of projection, Mm -hmm. that we're all kind of, um, we're all always talking about ourselves and always kind of giving the advice that we ourselves need, you know, it's, um, and if it triggers you, I guess it belongs to you too. But for a lot of, a lot of people's stuff is just their stuff, you know, unless it rubs against you and then, oh, there's something I have to look at there too. Um, Otherwise you probably would just be like, oh, they're just having a bad day. (laughs) Right. Um, So I don't know if any of that was helpful, but I think having that distance um, between something happening and your ability to respond is really helpful for a sensitive person. Cause even in those just few like microseconds, you can acknowledge that, um, you know, this energy that they're projecting is, is theirs. Mm -hmm. And even going further of kind of, recognizing like when am I creating that energy you know what's going on in my life and my day things Mm -hmm. are not going well so you know and then you don't take it so personally because you're realizing what you're seeing is not um an angry or disapproving person it's someone actually in pain you know but it's a pain you can't see yeah they're not like bleeding out but emotionally internally energetically they they are yeah and even if it comes off as abrasive or dark um yeah. And then, you know, there are lots of tools people use, such as like creating a bubble of light around you. And, oh. and for some people, I think, honestly, I, I think there's a power to that. I used to be skeptical. And I also used to have a hard time visualizing when people would tell me like, see the light around you. It just it didn't feel natural. Okay. But I really believe now that that's a skill you can improve on because now it's really easy. I can instantly kind of bubble of light, you know, is there. Oh. Um, and a practice I learned from um, on Instagram. I don't know if you know Ali Michelle. No. It's a girl. She's kind of like a poet. Um, and she shared in one of her podcasts a practice she does before bed. And it's really good for sensitive people. And I'm just shocked at how well it works. So what you do is you visualize a big ball of golden light in front of you. And you just start putting things from your day into that bubble. You know, that interaction with so-and-so, those thoughts that you know, didn't feel good, or you put your worries, your cares, everything that happened. And the golden bubble is kind of connected to you through a golden thread that's coming out of your solar plexus or your heart. So you're just putting everything in the bubble. And then before you go to bed, you, you take imaginary scissors and you just cut that cord and the bubble just kind of zooms off into infinity to be kind of released back to the cosmos, recycled into back into universal energy and healed. And I find that's a really great practice for kind of letting go of the heaviness that a sensitive person can accumulate throughout the day. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I love the idea of almost like a tangible thing when you imagine a bubble of light or the golden bubble where you put all your thoughts and, and things that you don't necessarily want to carry into the next day. Um, also love that it's released into the cosmos because that's such a, it's such an infinite um, thing to have everything that you don't want attached to you be released into. Um, I was curious though, because you have, you mentioned that you've been practicing for like 10 or you've been doing the guided meditations and purely being for 10 years now. Um, it, it, do you have hard days where you're just like, I don't want to record something today, or I don't want to, you know, do something for other people today. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, with the meditations, it's kind of a unique thing. And I think because it, I had so many years of wanting to find a purpose and I kind of dabbled in all kinds of like, um, areas, I guess you could say like videography, my YouTube channel, um, with the meditations, it was almost something a little bit divine. And so with the meditations, I almost always feel an inspiration to create them. And to me, that feels kind of magical because there's a lot of other things in my life where I do not feel that way. Um, But I definitely still have hard days. Even yesterday morning, I just felt a real heaviness, kind of this feeling like I'm not doing as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And um, there was, I've also started a little bit of podcasting as well on my channel or my um, meditation podcast. And I hadn't been consistent with that. And I find any time I kind of am shrinking when I meant to expand or kind of turning away from something that I know I meant to do or promised to do a real heaviness kind of sets on me. Mm -hmm. And so that, that also helps me stay consistent. It's kind of like a way of kind of fighting off the, the inner blues or just feeling purposeless. But yeah, I think, you know, what I'm creating and sharing is basically what I, what I'm needing and learning in the moment. So if you want to know what I'm going through, it's like, you just have to look at this week's meditation and you know, that's what I'm like working through coming to understand. Like I'm very much like a student and then just like a vessel of what I'm learning and what's coming through my meditations. Right. Um, but every day still has like the full emotional, like yesterday I was like, I just want to burn it all and start fresh, you know? And then like in the afternoon, I'm like, I love what I do. You yeah. know? So there's still like, like that real living life is, is still happening every day. And, and there's things I'm struggling through and trying to figure out. Um, but yeah, the meditations, I think like, it's kind of, I'm in awe of how easy it's been to create them. And so I think it's really nice to find that flow state activity where the whole process, like from getting the idea to writing about it, to recording and sharing just feels like, ah, literally. And I would just hope that everyone could find something like that, you know, that that's kind of like their, their zone where, their gifts meet kind of what there's a calling for and it just flows. Yeah, no, I agree. That's so nice. That makes it's, it's been such a journey for me to speak to the people that I've spoken to so far for the podcast. And every time I am lucky enough to chat with somebody, I always find that whenever someone explains why they chose their passion or what it is about the passion that they love so much, it makes me feel like happy and and it's not just because I'm happy for them but because I'm happy to hear someone have that sense of purpose and have that sense of like this is what makes me happy too um and I I feel that from you so much that the guided meditations isn't a job it's just something that you have come to love and now you want to share with other people yeah absolutely and I think what creates that? Like there was just years of desiring for a purpose and what are my gifts? Like, what am I doing here? You know? And I think that strong Mm -hmm. desire is really the inception and the seed that almost like calls in your purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to anyone listening, um, if you're in that place where you're still like, like kind of what am I meant to do? Or 
what's what's all this stuff about purpose you know I mean no one has to have a purpose you can just you can just vibe and enjoy life but um, if you are feeling that like know that there is another side to it you know you will find it like if you when you desire something so desperately like it's gonna you know knock and the door will open and the the answer is given Um, so I would say like that strong desire is almost like what creates and calls in the purpose. And I think the more you want it, the more you're really going to get it when it comes. And so don't feel too bad about being in that phase of like questioning, seeking, yearning, um, because you will, you will receive. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's really nice. I, I, I was wondering though, because when you said when you want it really badly, you know, it just comes, how do you feel about that whole, like the adage of when you stop looking for it, that's when it usually comes. I couldn't agree more for me, myself personally. My sister is one of those manifestors. She just like says it and the next day, it, like it happens. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for me, even with that, like I had to stumble into my purpose. Like, you know, the, the original story, I didn't set up like, I'm going to make a meditation podcast. I'm going right. to share and people are going to love it. Um, <laughs> I just kind of like fell into it. Um, right. Even though I desperately wanted to do something like this, I just didn't know what. Right. Um, so that's kind of how it works for me. But if anything, that's something I'm working on right now. I'm like, I would love to just like focus on something and make it happen. But it does seem to me that I kind of like forget about it and stop yeah. caring. And all of a sudden the offers start pouring in, like everything right. just happens. And, um, and I think from that, it's because of, you're not in the way anymore, you know, like when you're really focusing upon something and really wanting it, you can kind of hear within that there's a belief that it's not really possible or it's hard, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that strong yearning, like if you really thought like it was coming, it's easy, it's done. There's just, you're chill. You don't even have to think about it. You just know you're like, yeah, in the bag, done, done deal. Um, And so by kind of getting off the topic altogether, forgetting about it, just going and having fun, doing other things. It's like now this space has opened up on that. You're no longer in the way and it can just come in, you know, in the perfect way for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with that completely. I get in my way for myself a lot. (laughs) Um, And I was, I was curious because um, a lot of what you do is very vulnerable. And I mean, when I'm doing guided meditations, I, like I said before, I cry 99% of the time during and then after, and it, it, it's never like a sadness, but it's more just like that immense release that I had no idea I needed at the time. Um, so being that you're the one to guide people, do you feel a sense of vulnerability when you are feeling, like you said, you, your meditations are more inspired. So if I wanted to know how you're feeling at the time, I could listen to your meditation during the week. I can't imagine what that would feel like if I was feeling really sad during the week and I wanted a guided meditation that would allow people to feel a sense of hope because I am not necessarily feeling that. How do you, or do you feel moments like that where you're doing a guided meditation and you're like, I don't really know how to create another sense when I'm feeling a negative one. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I completely do feel, I do feel that sometimes. And so I am a little flexible with my recording days. Okay. Um, but then I also acknowledge that like, 
I am the creator of my reality and not by force. or so like, I'm going to feel happy, you yeah. know, but, um, I know what to do to get into alignment. I kind of like, maybe I do need to just sit with myself and like, watch what's going on, journal, get outside. So I'm very proactive about getting myself into the right headspace if I can. Mm -hmm. And then before every meditation, I say a kind of like prayer of intent. And I find that really kind of raises my energy. And, and then there's this kind of element of surrender and, you know, having, having done this for two and a half years, I've been able to see that often the meditations I'm most insecure about are like, that was terrible. Like, oh my God, but I have to post because I post every week, you know, so I just put it out there. Yeah. Are the ones I get so much feedback, my favorite meditation ever. Oh my gosh, that was the best. I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) And, and ironically, sometimes the ones I'm like, oof, that was good. You know, it's just like crickets. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just love this quote by James Clear. I hope I'm not paraphrasing it, but he says, in order to be consistent enough to create a masterpiece, you have to be willing to create junk along the way. And oh. it's kind of like that's that set me free. And I never want to create junk for people and like waste people's time or anything. Right. It's just like letting yourself off the hook that even if like it was just a two minute one, or it's okay if my voice sounds a little snuffly or something, just letting it be okay. And just keep moving, you know, has kind of set me free in terms of creating content consistently, like be okay with okay, or even not so good. (laughs) That's so nice. I love, I love the the energy that you're creating for this episode is going to be very relaxing for a lot of people. I think, (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm very, um, there's a lot of everything that you're saying right now that I am relating to. And, and it it's nice because I understand that what you're saying is very much just your experience and like what you've gone through. But it's also really reassuring for myself just because you're putting into words that I I don't think I've ever been able to put into words like what what that feeling was or what I was thinking at the time. Um And one of the words that I am actually attaching to right now is surrender that you mentioned. Um, A lot of people, I can only assume, find that a very difficult thing to do, Uh, which is probably why it's really, uh, I won't assume, but for me, it was terrifying to hear that word and then have that word kind of linger when the idea of meditation was something I wanted to start practicing because I didn't want to do that. Um, is there anything that you would say would help when someone's like, I don't want to like get into my feelings or get into my head and sit there for two minutes and think about the things I don't want to be thinking about? Yeah. Um, I, I would say two parts for that. Kind of the first part with um what you said about not wanting to face those feelings and thoughts. What I my personal practice for that is I don't really focus on the story and the thoughts because you're kind of you're kind of reactivating the energy by doing that and just but I just feel the sensations in my body so if I was feeling fear I would just I would just I say to myself like it's just a sensation and I feel it in my body and I just watch I just witness the sensation and I breathe deeply because if I think about it when you're in a state of fear your breath closes down you get tighter I make an effort to stay open and soft and I might even bring a smile to my face, you know, and I just keep breathing and witnessing. And 
So that's how I deal with those tight emotions. I face them as sensations and they're much less scary. And it's the quickest way to clear them. Like it works. And it's almost, you feel like, what? It was that easy? Like it shouldn't be that easy, (laughs) but it's that easy. And then the second part for surrender, I think for me personally, I'm just thinking that I had to kind of find something to surrender into. So it's not like you're surrendering into the void um, or nothingness, because that does feel very vulnerable and um, scary to lose, like to lose control like that. So I often, um, whatever you connect to is kind of like the great unifying being, the universe, source, God, um, a a certain kind of very enlightened spiritual teacher, you know, I kind of, so I surrender my mind and myself into like, I would probably say God, because that's the word that just is easy, makes the most sense to me Mm -hmm. um, or source. And that feels like safe. Like I'm based, I feel like I'm surrendering into love, just kind of falling back into like the heart of love. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of a, a safer way to surrender, kind of like you're falling onto a big feather bed and like warm arms wrapped around you, holding you. Um, but you don't have to, you don't have to try so hard or fix everything or be in charge. You're kind of letting greater forces yeah. assist you. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that might help with surrender. If you can connect to um, the light or the energy of universal love and then surrendering into that. Oh, I love that. I, I very much appreciate how you've kind of explained it in, in a way people can grasp in small chunks. Um, and it's, it sounds so easy. It, like you said, it really is easy and it's nice to hear how easy it can be. Um, because you know, yoga and, and meditation and just kind of understanding your feelings and energy, there's a lot to it that I can understand people might find a little intimidating. Um, So thank you for that. I did find something very interesting, again, that you said, when you mentioned how you use your thoughts, or not thinking of your thoughts as a thought, but more of like a sensation. Um, Because you mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza, and the podcast that I'm listening to right now, he mentioned how your memory, like just thinking about a memory, can bring your body back to that because our minds are so objective and it doesn't differentiate when you're in that moment that you were as a long-term memory and when you're just thinking about it right now. So I thought it would be interesting to get your perspective on that. Like, do you think that um, that's true? Uh, yes, <laughs> I do. Absolutely. Um, and, and the body shows it, you know, they can watch the the scans of what's going on. And, you know, and we're kind of doing that all day, aren't we? Like you could just, you know, I'm safe in my, my bedroom right now, yeah. <laughs> but I could be feeling like really afraid, even though there's like, no, there's no tiger in here. Like lightning's not going to strike me. No one's yelling at me. But if I was thinking about like, Um, an interview I was nervous for say you know in this moment for all purposes like my body is in a state of like ah Um, and so in some ways this this kind of phenomena can kind of open people up to the idea of how how we have multiple simultaneous realities um, that we're kind of tuning into at any given time Mm -hmm. and so in the same way like the beautiful thing about this phenomenon is that you can tune into future experiences and I know Joe Joe's big on that too. Yeah. Like of the life you want, like how will it feel to 
be on stage singing, like confident, rocking it out in front of 10,000 people, if that's your dream and just like feeling so good, like you can live that feeling now. Yeah. And, you know, that'd probably be a good feeling to live before an interview because you'd really bring that presence and that energy into it of like, I got this, woohoo, you need me, you know? Um, So I think there's a lot of power in using it for your good. And then we just have to be super aware of when we're unconsciously activating the past Yes. Or the future that we're worried about. And it's something that's so normal because we all do it so much, but it's not actually like a normal thing. Like, you know, being, being aware of your surroundings and just sitting in them and then consciously directing your focus on purpose. You know, that's, I think where we're all moving to. And that's kind of like the healthier, normal state of being rather than kind of being pulled this way and that way emotionally and letting kind of fear run the show. So, um, yeah, I think that's where awareness comes in again and then use it for your good, you know, use that ability to put yourself in a future state or imagine yourself being held by the one you loved, you know, even if you're just like alone sitting on a a bench waiting for the bus, like you you can tune into the energy of being loved. And the magic of that too, is then you, you're, that's your energy. That's your vibration. It's the signal you're broadcasting and you're going to meet people who are there too, you know? So people, you're going to probably get a lot more smiles. You look beautiful today, you know, sit next to the sweet, you know, old granny who just says like, oh, you have a beautiful smile, you know? So it really is for your good to practice activating the energy that you want to experience because then you get to experience it. Yeah, no, that's so nice. I mean, I'm doing it right now. The more that you talk, the more that I keep smiling. (laughs) I was wondering though, because my personal journey on just understanding self-awareness and understanding my own emotions is really very difficult. (laughs) And it's because it's, there's a lot of pain that I don't want to deal with that I'm learning that I had or have, I guess, Um, and I think for a lot of people that might also be the same thing. I mean, it's not necessarily pain, but it's a lot of negative emotions that they don't want to deal with at the time. And you make it sound really easy to just kind of change your mindset, um, because you are very self-aware of who you are and what you need to change your emotions at the time to make it feel better. And then to have that energy, um, create that safe bubble around you that other people feel. And then therefore you kind of start a domino effect of like this wonderful energy that you have. And then everyone else feels it. And then everyone around you starts feeling happy and, and treats you in like, um, is there anything that you would like, how, how would you talk to someone like me, for example, who, um, is is dealing with a journey that doesn't understand that the journey will end will not end but it will get better at some point um because it's like i am tired yeah oh well first of all i have a lot of compassion for you and i feel i think we're more similar than you realize like everything you're seeing in me is absolutely reflected in you too um and in the same way i have i have things that i'm still working through too fears and pain and it really is that daily journey and it can feel heavy and it can feel hard like it feels like there's always more work to do in a sense yeah 
literally in your life, but then also internally. And I think that's why I create the guided meditations to support people and kind of witnessing themselves. I think it's nice to have someone kind of holding your hand along with you while you look at these things. Mm. Um, but I would also say, you know, like we, we are the creator of our reality. And something I've been thinking of lately is like, there is no enemy. There's no enemy. You know, anything I've created that's oppositional is something I've created. And therefore I have the power to shift that. Right. And I think quantum change can occur. It's happened multiple times in my life, not necessarily through like planning and like deliberate intention and focus, but just this desire, like, I want to be free. Like I want to be happy and light easily. And if I'm not know how to get there on purpose, you know, I, I know that's possible because like how I see my life of, if there was a chart in front of me, it's kind of like, it was like a roller coaster with big dips and then ups. And I kind of thought, am I always going to be on this wave where it's like, I feel decent. And then I feel like terrible and yeah. so bad about myself. And then oh, a little bit better, but I've seen the wave through taking this journey with meditation and just having that desire of like, I want to be happy. I want to be free. I want to create good things in this world that make other people feel more happy and free. The roller coaster started to move upwards, you know, starting yeah. to, everything's better and better and the dips are smaller, you know, so, and the yeah. heights are, are higher. And, and so I feel a little bit like I'm living proof because I'm definitely, and I'm still on the journey, of course, um, that there is lights at the end of the tunnel and lights all along the way. Um, but I think like the, I don't want to like put too much heaviness on the ego. Cause I think the ego is actually just literally a tool and it's not yeah. against us, but it, it makes it seem like these, this pain is a really big thing and it's a really scary thing and it's going to take a while, but that's literally, so you don't turn to it and, and face it, you know? And then it's often when you look right at it, it just dissipates right before your eyes and you have a treasure or if it doesn't, you maybe you'll probably be sitting with it for five minutes. And then you're wondering what if it never goes away or like, yeah. I have to witness forever. <laughs> yeah. um, it's often that moment. If you can just hang on through that moment of like, this is too intense, just hang on, you know, one more minute. And that's when things, you know, start to dissolve and, and you start to see, you know, what's really going on and, and feel more kind of like a loosening, like it kind mm. of loosens and dissipates. And so I think just being aware that there's a part of the mind that's just really attached to things as they are, mm -hmm. and even gets an emotional hit, even if it's not a good feeling emotion of just like kind of low level dissatisfaction, if that's what it's been kind of like the body's been dosing itself with, it almost gets like a hit every time it feels that even though it's not a very good feeling. Yeah. And so just being aware that there's a part of me that really wants the norm and it kind of can work all kinds of stories to make you think that it's really hard to change and your past is heavy. But I think just kind of calling, you know, bullshit yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. saying, no, like I am the one in charge here. I'm the one in power and look, look right at it. Like I, when I'm looking, I guess people can't see me on the camera, but when I'm looking at my fears of that energy, I'm just like right there. Like yeah. I see you, you know, I'm not going to let you get away or any funny business. I see you. You're like, we're going to, 
we're going to settle this. There's going to yeah. be freedom here and you're going to be liberated. And I know that's what you want too. I like speak to the energy itself. I'm like, yeah, we're going to liberate you today. <laughs> um, oh so I don't know if any of that was helpful, but I guess just knowing we're all going through it, which can be disheartening because it's, it'd almost be nicer to hear someone say like, I never yeah. suffer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how. Um, to that effect, um, there is a teacher named Byron Katie. Yes. And oh, have you heard her story? Yeah, I love her. And the work. And I think that is just such a, a secret tool that more people need to be aware of her four questions for releasing suffering um, go a really long way. Yeah. And so I would definitely tune into just Google, go to her website, byronkatie.com. Mm -hmm. I think she is really someone who's got a lot of work focused on releasing suffering and becoming free of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, uh, I actually try and practice every day, um, her three truths. So the whole idea of, you know, you have this thought and then you ask yourself, well, is it true? And then naturally you go through answering. I mean, you hope that the first time you'd say no, but then there's a reason why you had that thought in the first place. And it's always going to just kind of fall into eventually the fact that it's a false idea in your mind that you made up. And it's, it's been so, um, it's been so liberating to have moments like that, where I've, I've created these stories in my head or like anything that Brene Brown, I love, um, they, I've created stories in my head and to understand that I created that story. Therefore I can stop creating the story that makes me unhappy. Um, is like I learning that and understanding that my happiness isn't dependent on other people is also one of the biggest things that I've practiced like this entire journey yeah. that I've been on. Yeah, we're really we're taught to entangle ourselves and yes. to look for, you know, like we're it's just like there's nothing speaking otherwise, really. That yeah. um and so even though it's kind of like a natural thing to be kind of self-reliant, independent. So we have to kind of relearn how to disentangle ourselves from other people's energy and to be kind of sovereign and also to free others to their experience too, to surrender all that judgment of ourselves and also anyone else's experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ongoing journey <laughs> for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of strength in the way that you speak. And I very much appreciate that. And I want to say thank you again, because um, I, at least for me, it's been like just this entire time that uh, we've been talking, it's been a lot of emotions of um, hope and, and just kind of like validation. Of, of, of feeling certain things and being allowed to feel certain things and, and being allowed to not want to feel certain things. And I think um, that's, uh, that's really hard for a lot of people. And again, I wanted to say thank you too, for your guided meditations. And um, do you find that because of your purpose and understanding that you help other people with that purpose is something that kind of drives you to do it? All, like, for as long as you want to be doing it? Absolutely. It really, it really does. I think when you're creating, especially digital content, or there's not like an, an audience, a group of people giving you direct feedback. Mm -hmm. um, when someone reaches out to say like, I couldn't have made it through this year without you, or 
<laughs> you've helped me, you know, now my son can fall asleep before bed and um, we listen to your meditations together, things like that. I, I'm honestly kind of in shock and awe to me that I could help someone to that degree. Um, and it definitely fuels me and feeds the journey. I think um, it's so important. Um, there's an author I follow. Oh, I would love to quote him exactly, but he's kind of, he says, if you see someone with like a bright light, you know, let them know it helps them keep the light on, you know, something to that effect, Dr. Jaya John. Um, and I just think that's so true. You know, no matter where someone's at, if they look like, oh, they have tons of, you know, followers or lots of success, like it's so important to remind people that you see their light and what they do matters, I think, because that could be the comment that is the decider between whether they continue or don't, you know, with what they're doing. And so Absolutely. That is just, I save every comment. I, I screenshot and I have a file on my computer and then on oh. hard days, I'll go back and read through them. And, um, and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot to reach out to someone and to articulate yes. that too. So I know everyone who's able to do that is really at a high level of understanding themselves. Even to do that takes a lot of kind of courage and clarity. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a sense of vulnerability to have you understand what they're feeling at the same time too, right? So no, I completely agree with that. It's, I mean, just reaching out to you to to chat with you was like, I don't know if she'll be, you know, too busy or I, I actually screamed when you mentioned like you were more than happy to come on the podcast because I, um, I, I wanted to make sure that you know, you felt the energy that you would be interested in being on the podcast. But at the same time, I also wanted to, um, like, I wanted to make sure you understood why I wanted you on the podcast. And, you know, being someone that um, I wanted to start the podcast, because I wanted to share the people in my life who inspire me, and, and why I wake up every morning motivated and talking to people that I've talked to so far. Um, help me motivate myself. Um, and with you, it's, it's another service that you're giving to people that I felt you didn't do because you wanted to give a service to people, but because you felt that that's something that helped you. And therefore you're hoping that it helps other people. Um, and I always felt when people have that idea behind a passion, it's never, it's never out of, uh, like a selfish reason to want the money or the fame or anything for it, but, or the recognition, it's more just because you love it so much. You're hoping that other people find some sort of light out of it as well. So, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that you knew that. Oh, thank you, Val. That means a lot to me. And honestly, just being here in this whole conversation, you are such a natural, like everything you've been able to extract. And then you so clearly and articulately have this like new bright question. I'm just like, I'm in awe of you and your, your podcasting skills. Like you, I can tell you're here, you're in your flow, you know? Yeah. You're really, your genius is sparkling through, even though you're the one asking the questions, I would say that's such a high level skill to be able to ask a good question and to really hear someone and then to um, interpret and integrate and then create something new from it. So yes. I'm just so impressed. <laughs> and this Thank has just you. been awesome. <laughs> I mean, so much. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I, I wanted to say thank you again for, for being on the podcast and sharing your guided meditations. And 
and allowing everyone to have that moment in their day where it's just, it's for them. And, and, and it's, it's really cool because you're sharing a moment of your day with us. And, um, and, and that connectivity too, that you've created Lucy is amazing. I know you probably don't know that when you're doing it, but you know, the COVID is not helpful with the disconnect and your guided meditations have kind of allowed, at least for me to be connected to someone or something that I'm not physically with you, but it, it, like, I know there's a community behind it. And I know that the reason why you do is because you love it so much. And that means a lot. I'm trying not to cry because this is, (laughs) it's making me think of your guided meditation. The guided meditation part is making me cry. Um, But no, again, thank you though. I, um, I really, really appreciate it. I want to make sure everyone can find you on everything you have. So please list out all the things that you want people to uh, discover. For sure. Yeah. All my podcasts, um, all the meditations I should say are available on every podcast platform. Um, so you can listen to them there. And then I have my website purelybeing.com and I have, you know, blog posts on there. There's a few meditations that I haven't released, um, on podcast platforms that are there too. And you can learn a little more about me. Um, and then I would definitely recommend subscribing. I have a weekly newsletter yes. that I send out on Mondays and that's kind of where I share the most of what, what's inspiring me quotes, ideas, things I'm going through and realizing. Um, and you can find that on my website, the little sign up. And then of course on Instagram, you can find me at purely Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, I will, I, Thank you so much again. I'm super grateful for what you do. I could talk all day. This has just been awesome. Yeah, this is my favorite kind of thing to do. So it's been an absolute gift to me too. I mean, I'll probably have to bring you back on and just have more questions about other things because just the energies and and the idea that, you know, the mantras and how that affects people and just the repetition of having words affect you um, Mm. is such a huge thing that I would really, really like to know what your opinion is on or your perspective is on. Um, so, uh, thank you again for being on this first episode with you. Uh, but, uh, I'll, I'll make sure that everyone can find you on in the description. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. I look forward to our next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Lucy. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.